0: Joe Keyboard here for KBEK as we are doing Garden Gab as I'm joined by Rod Greeter, the Isante County Horticulture Educator, to talk about why you should become a master gardener. We'll be joined by a special guest a little bit later in the show. Uh, but let's, first let's get into an update about what's going on with horticulture and gardening in general. Rod, good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Joe. It's great to be here again as we kind of move into the change
1: in seasons here with the temperatures in the upper 40s, the last week or so, mm-hmm. uh, we can tell that fall is coming, and the gardens are starting to wind down.
0: Absolutely. So let's, you know, start off, what's that What's that update looking like?
1: Yeah, well, we've had, finally had some good rain over the last few weeks. It's been uh, spotty, it's hit and miss, mm-hmm. but it's been welcome. And earlier this week, we had about 8 tenths, eight tenths of an inch in Canabic and Pine County. Of course, I've heard from a quarter to an inch, but about 8 tenths was, uh, seemed like I heard the most. And that has helped charge the soil profile for 2022. Probably isn't going to help a lot of our uh, 2021 gardens, though. But we can look ahead that it's going to help us get a good start for 2022. And you know, Joe, I'm always the optimist.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, if, if, <laughs> if my wife was listening and she uh, heard that, she'd just spit up her coffee and choked on her bagel. So <laughs> probably not uh, the way most people would describe me. But uh, we're glad for the rain whenever it comes. As far as harvest, uh, melon harvest is still going strong, starting to wrap up, though. Musk melons, ca- uh, cantaloupes, those types of things they are reaching the end of the melon season. And they're starting to transition to winter squash and pumpkins in that category. And when we're talking about pumpkins, we've got uh, some pumpkin farms around mm-hmm. here. You pick pumpkin is is, is a popular
0: agritourism event and we talked about agritourism a little bit last week we did my girlfriend and i are already chatting about what we're going to go and get our pumpkins for for this year well fantastic (laughs) yeah we've got uh, one east of town Mm -hmm. here pumpkin and the corn maze so check them out
1: i think it's called whispering pines if i remember right uh but when we're talking about pumpkins uh, and when to harvest them, of course, you should harvest them as soon as they're ripe. Many you pick uh, areas or you pick farms, they'll leave them out there and you come out and get them. And sometimes you got to look around.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But uh, we're recommending that they harvest them now when they're ripe uh, because we've had some powdery mildew problems here in 2021. And that's an issue for you picks, too. And you might want to harvest those that had some powdery mildew and move them to the shade. That'll help prevent sunburn. It also helps prevent that powdery mildew from spreading to the handle. And, of course, you Mm -hmm. you want a good handle on a jack-o'-lantern. Oh, absolutely. And something that you're going to use uh, for, for, uh, you know, as an ornamental Mm -hmm. thing on your doorstep. So there's some things there to do with uh, pumpkins and harvest, uh, tomatoes. And when we're talking tomatoes now, maybe it's Romas, maybe some heirloom slicers, those that have been coming in strong and still continue to do. And people are doing a lot of preserving now, whether it's with tomatoes, making juice or salsa like we talked about a week or so ago too. Mm-hmm. But they're also freezing some and trying to understand, well, what's the best way to do that? And whenever you're doing canning and freezing, you want to make sure that you're doing it safely. Mm-hmm. And there are some ways to do that. You've got to have the right temperature if you're gonna boil it in a in a hot water bath. Maybe it's pickling like we do for cucumbers and beets. We do that to kill any bacteria that's there. Mm-hmm. or we'll seal jars to make sure there isn't any air there for the for the nasty uh, germs to um, propagate. But if they have questions, there's an answer line that they can call and they can also always go to extension.umn.edu and we've got a great section on food safety and and preserving lots of great videos lots of great uh, advice Uh, other things that are going on in the tail end here of our gardens uh, potatoes that are being uh, harvested for storage they're going strong make sure you remove the bruised ones or scraped ones Uh, So that they don't, uh, if they have some disease there, it doesn't spread to the other ones. Okay. You know, it's like the bad apple, right? Same way with the bad potato that that, uh, Hmm. spreads. Uh, Now is a a time to start thinking about planting garlic. If you want garlic, you usually plant that in the fall. And mid to late September in northern Minnesota is kind of a sweet spot. But you don't want to plant too early. You want that, uh, those... Uh, those garlic uh, bulbs or cloves to uh, send out some shoots but you don't want it to have that germination and emergence that it comes through the soil because then it can get frosted okay and of course we're putting some mulch over the top here too but you you want them to to germinate but not emerge above the soil so it's a little bit tricky and then finally uh, fall manure applications uh, that some people do that uh, get it on in the fall and you always, of course, don't want to apply any kind of fertilizer, whether it's organic or inorganic, mm-hmm. until after you've done a soil test. You can do that this fall. If you're going to apply some manure, you might want to wait till it's a little cooler. Uh, avoid the nitrate losses, because mm-hmm. that nitrates can break down, volatilize, or can also uh, uh, you know, move into our soil water and move off-site and get into our streams. So you want to make sure that uh, you're not contaminating also as you put on some manure any other fresh produce. Okay. So you want to pay attention to any withdrawal periods, uh, you know, keep away from any produce that's on the ground if you're putting manure down. And we've also got some great articles on food safety from that aspect, too, Hmm. at extension.umn.edu.
0: So still lots of things going on in our gardens, Joe. Uh, Awesome. Well, we have a special guest joining us today. Would you like to introduce him, Rod? Yeah, we're
1: uh, joined today by John Nordine, And John is a Master Gardener in Isani County. And, John, I think you've been a Master Gardener since about 2009. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, that's when I started. Uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and I, I think your background before uh, journey master Gardens, didn't you work for the USDA or Forest Service? One of those two.
2: Yeah, I'm a soil scientist by training, and I worked for the USDA Forest Service mostly in a, various places around the country, and ended up back in Minnesota when we, my wife and I
1: retired. And I know John, one of the you know, one of your passions is soil and water conservation, which fits with your career. And John has also been very involved in the community garden in Cambridge. Okay. And John, you uh, helped start that, didn't you? You were there at the, at the real uh, emergence of the community garden.
2: Yeah, the garden started in that first year I was a master gardener, and it was a, a coming together of the city of Cambridge and uh, the environmental coalition of Inax-Sandy County and the master gardeners that started it. It needed those three groups to make it work, and it's still going.
1: And what's the, the size of it now? A little bit about the plot holders in the space. Tell people who don't know about the community garden, uh, what how it's doing, and maybe even a, a word or two about what it, what is a community garden.
2: Well, a community garden can be just about anything. Uh, sometimes they're on a collection of plots around the community that uh, people share uh, produce from. Um, or often they're in urban areas, uh, rural areas have uh, really jumped into the garden, community garden thing, because people moving from a farm or a large acre and moving it down and wanting to still stay active. So uh, that's what happened with the Cambridge Garden, and it started with just 18 plots that could be rented for the season, and I think there were about 18 people who did it. This We're up now, I think we have 94 ground plots and 20 raised bed plots for people who no longer can uh, get down the garden at ground level. They can continue to garden. Plus, we provide an access gate that's on level ground. They don't have to climb or really work for anything. We had a, a picnic this year uh, in August. We had an annual picnic. We didn't have it last year because of COVID. And we had 130 people come and attend the picnic. Some of them were, good the majority of them were current gardeners, but they're people who came back from past years. And it that was enjoyable to see those people uh, enjoying the garden and talking about pastimes.
1: Yeah, I was at the the community garden picnic, and it was well attended, uh, some great speakers, good information was shared, and uh, yeah, it was fun to get back out there after taking 2020 off. Now, John, so you've been a master gardener since 2009. Uh, You helped launch the community garden. Uh, What is it about being a master gardener that that keeps you going? Why, what are you, why are you still engaged? And why did you uh, start with Master Gardeners?
2: Well, I've always volunteered through my life uh, and I find volunteering is a part of what I like to do. The Master Gardeners has just been, uh, because of the connection with the University of Minnesota, you get the opportunity to have access to uh, really good information and technical experts, and you get them to tie in with their community and, and share that information. And working with a good group of other master gardeners who are knowledgeable, it makes it fun to work with people that you like to work with and sharing information about something you enjoy doing. And So there's a lot of variety from just answering questions to writing small articles, if you like, to uh, working on the community garden or helping others start a community garden. Plus, we do fun things, like we have a float that's in the I see nice any rodeo parade every year, which is always a good time to, to walk down a street and have people cheer at you. That's pretty exciting. <laughs> Everyone likes that.
1: So, what what are some suggestions that you would give people that might be thinking about becoming a volunteer master gardener volunteer? What are what are some things you think they might be thinking, and and what information would you give them to help them make the decision to join?
2: I would suggest they just give it a try. Unlike joining a lot of uh, organizations where you just walk in and you sign up and you're there, the master gardeners require you to to complete some coursework, some University of Minnesota coursework, and do some volunteer hours, and then it can seem a little undaunting to have to do that up front, but it's really enjoyable to go through that, and you learn a lot. There's some really good quality people that help get it going, so my suggestion would be just to, if you have an interest, you like to garden, you like to garden with people, jump in,
1: try it. And we always say that uh, in order to become a Master Gardener, you don't have to be a Master Gardener. And you alluded to that, that the university provides education. And in fact, it's required for our new interns or or, uh, volunteers that are in that first year of joining us, they have to complete a core course that's about 48 hours. And they have to pass the quizzes that are in the core course. They have to put in 50 hours of volunteer time that first year. And uh, ongoing, we ask our volunteers to put in 25 hours a year and get five hours of continuing education. So there is you know, a commitment. There's, they have to dedicate themselves to the, that time and the studying, but the rewards can be significant like you've talked about. Helping others uh, learn about gardening and horticulture and answering their questions. It, there's just a lot of personal satisfaction in in doing that
2: that's correct and you don't have to be a specialist in everything uh, my background is more trees and shrubs vegetable crop and often people come up to me and and show me a picture of a flower and want me to identify it and i'm i'm kind of weak in that but <laughs> there are people that i can call and help and i can work through and get an answer because there's always a way to to answer it you don't have to do it right away but you help people get to where they
1: need to be. Yeah, and I, I think you hit on hit the nail on the head there that you don't have to expect that you, everybody's gonna think that you need to know everything. You don't have to uh, be the master of everything. You can, uh, we've got 25 to 30 other volunteers in the county. There are other uh, extension specialists. The master gardener just needs to know where to go to get the answers, who to talk to and Uh, They're more of a clearinghouse and a contact person. They don't have to have all the answers. This core course we talked about, it it costs about $320, and we do have some scholarships available to offset some of that cost. And if people are interested in becoming a Master Gardener, they need to apply by the 1st of October. So if they have any questions, they uh, shouldn't wait too long here. And they can contact me to find out more information about the Master Gardener program. And my uh, phone number is 763 689 8254. And John, any other comments you'd like to make about our group or the state program or anything else about the community garden? And you are looking for a plot holders, right? It becomes uh, or it opens up here pretty soon for people to reserve plots for 2022. Isn't that right?
2: Yeah, the Cambridge Community Garden is closing down. It's closed down about mid October, and then people can start registering for plots next year. We've been sold out every year for for several years. It's doing well. Signing up to be a Master Gardener is a is a great way to get involved with a good group of people and to help your community help answer questions.
1: Well thank you for joining us, John. And I know the Cambridge Community Garden wouldn't would not exist if it wasn't for your efforts. So the community thanks you for that too.
0: Thanks Rod. Well Rod, how what else is going on besides, you know, Becoming a Master Gardener, you got all sorts of events coming up this this uh, next couple of weeks? We do. The Master Gardeners have a public event this coming Saturday,
1: September the 18th. It starts at 1030, and it's at Sapsucker Farms, one of our favorite places to go, mm-hmm. over here outside of uh, Henriette and, and uh, Mora. And it, again, is at 1030. We're going to hear about uh, their organic farm, their CSA, and, of course, they cidery and maybe even sample a little bit of hard cider. Ooh! And they're going to have a food truck there, too, I believe, at, at noon. So, And that's open to the public. And they can call 763-689-1810 to register for that event. Also, uh, we've got our Ag Tourism Day, which we're promoting heavily. I think we've got about 25 registrations now. So okay. it's uh, going strong. That is September the 23rd. Mm-hmm. So a week from this coming Thursday. And it, you know, it, it can apply to gardeners too. Gardeners that want to do a CSA where the public comes to the mm-hmm. farm and picks up their produce. That could be called agritourism. You pick pumpkins. We were talking about yeah. that earlier. That's agritourism. Mm-hmm. There's lots of different things that relate, uh, uh, that can relate gardening to that hosting the public and agritourism too. Is there any gardeners that are listening to this? And thinking, well, should I have the public on my farm? Well, uh, right now, now September twenty third, one to five o'clock. And again, guess where that'll be, Joe? S- At Sapsucker. S- yeah. <laughs> oh, you see a theme there, don't you? Mm-hmm. And again, uh, recruiting for master gardeners. October the first is the deadline. They can uh, give me a call if they want more information. Seven six three. 689 8254. And always any questions, call our yard and garden line 763
0: 689 8255. Well, Rod, thank you so much for coming on in and chatting with me here today. Thank you, Joe.